This is the Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios in South Central Alaska, USA, live and local 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on KVNT 1020 a.m. and 92.5 FM, your best source for morning news, traffic, and weather, streaming live online at TomAndersonShow.com. Phone lines are open. Dial 907-357-5868. That's 357-5868. Politics and news from a guy who's made it happen. Your morning drive just got a whole lot better. Good morning, America. Here's Tom Anderson. Well, surprise, surprise, it's Tom Steigelman back in the studios with you on a fine Friday morning. Right now, it's seven minutes after seven. It's currently 10 degrees outside of our East Anchorage studios. Hope you all having a great day. I know I am looking forward to big activities tonight. Lots of things on my personal agenda, including, well, it starts off about 5.30 tonight. I'm going to a little get-together for the uh, representative uh, on our side of town. I'm going to be seeing Donna Mears and uh, meeting a bunch of neighbors and those kind of things, finding out what she's going to be up to with this upcoming legislative session. Of course, we had her on the air uh, the other week talking about uh, what her goals and stuff are going to be. So uh, it'll be nice to see her face to face. Always had a good interaction with her. And uh, I know what some of you are saying is like, Tom, she's a Democrat. How are you going to go over there and meet with her? Well, because uh, you got to meet with folks to uh, be able to start having conversations with them to influence them. I mean, do you think she'd give me the time of day on any ideas I might have if I never interact with her or anything? Uh, Y'all got to be doing the same thing. Ooh, we are starting off firing rockets early this morning, aren't we? 907-357-5868. That's the phone number you can call in and give your opinion on. Actually, we're not going to take phone calls until the second segment. So uh, let's hold off on your phone calls right now. Uh, and then we'll get to those during segment number two, right about 7.15. So uh, you'll be able to call in then at 907-357-5868. You can go ahead and plug that into your phone right now. It's just I'm not going to answer it here in the next couple of minutes because uh, uh, just the way things are configured in the studio right now during the break, I've got to make some switches so I can easily reach the telephone because I cannot do that right now. <laughs> you know, I had some uh, folks in here doing some production and stuff yesterday and uh, stuff got moved around and now a few things are out of my reach that I did not pick up on before I hit the go button for the big morning show today. Hey, uh, in more uh, fantastic news for you, let's take a quick look at today's KVNT weather forecast, and we have a special uh, weather announcement that has been issued uh, by the uh, National Weather Service for uh, Anchorage and the Matsu Valley areas calling for a widespread snow throughout the Anchorage Bowl and the Matsu Valley today with blowing snow likely for the Anchorage and the hillside area. Yeehaw! So that sounds like a lot of fun, doesn't it? Light snow will be developing across the Anchorage Bowl and the Matsu Valley this morning. Snow will likely become steadier by noon with, uh, let me see, gust uh, southeasterly winds likely through the Turnigan Arm across the Anchorage hillside. Gusts up to 35 miles per hour are possible is uh, what this release is saying right here. And uh, let me see. With snowfall along the Seward Highway, bands of heavier snow with snowfall rates of up to one inch per hour. Woohoo! How about that? Get those snow blowers ready and go fill up those gas cans this morning so that uh, you'll have all the gas you need to keep that snow blower going. Things are supposed to uh, taper off this evening. So there you go. Snow in the forecast for today. Going to be making its way through 
through the south-central Alaska area. We should have a high today right around 19, according to the National Weather Service. So uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, Snow on the way, never ending, which uh, isn't bad. I mean, here's the plus side. When it does snow, it does make things look a lot nicer because it covers up all the dirty snow. So I do appreciate that part of it. And uh, yeah, but, uh, you know, I'm glad it's warming up because I hadn't been out to use my snowblower. You know, when we had the last snowfall earlier in the week, I took care of things on Monday or Tuesday. Uh, Just couldn't bring myself to do it on Wednesday and Thursday. It was just too cold outside for me. I guess I'm getting old, but uh, I let that accumulate. So it looks like I'll definitely have to be taking care of it this afternoon, particularly with the warmer temperatures up around 19 degrees. You know, speaking of snow and snow removal, hats off again to the uh, sidewalk plowers who have been out there. They came by our house again, and uh, sidewalk is looking great. So thank you to those operators, and roads are looking pretty good, at least on my end of town. So appreciate everybody who's been out there working hard, operating those snow plows. And, you know, like I encouraged you the other day, if you're out there using the snow blower and you're taking care of your driveway, take care of that residual stuff in the street, too, and blow that up into your yard and get it out of the street and make the driving easier for your neighbors, at least in front of your house. Because I'll tell you what, when they see that it's done in front of your uh, driveway all the way across the street and things are smooth sailing right there, that is going to encourage other people to take care of their uh, little area of the street. And then if we get enough people doing that on the street, uh, we'll be having a good time and uh, it'll continue to put the pressure on those who don't or those who push their snow into the street to stop doing that because that is kind of a personal irritant of mine when I see neighbors uh, moving their snow directly into the street and blowing it out there and trying to spread it out so it looks like they really didn't but everybody knows what they're doing don't do that blow it into your own yard it will melt eventually so uh, get that taken care of because uh, well first of all I, I think that's against a municipal ordinance to dump your snow into the street so uh, we don't want to be doing that anyway but uh you know don't be don't be that neighbor that is what i'm encouraging to do you today for this christmas season don't be that neighbor and you can start your new year new you right here on december 15th how about that <laughs> Well, I'm going to be touching on several things uh, for you this morning as I've been perusing the headlines and uh, getting some things ready even from last night to have on today's program. Uh, Great, uh, well, not great things, but uh, things that uh, some people said would never happen are happening in Canada right now. And uh, we got transgender uh, 50-year-old swimmers going up against teenagers and changing in locker rooms up there. And you know that plague is going to be coming to the United States. It's already here, but uh, it's just going to become uh, more and more prevalent. Uh, Israel uh, got some news there, some movement, uh, some unfortunate news as uh, uh, Israel announced today that they found the bodies of three more hostages, uh, which is certainly a shame. But we'll get into some more details about some of the other tricks that Hamas was uh, trying to pull over there to uh, be able to trap and kill Israeli soldiers and a few other things and some more headlines lines coming up. Uh, Governor Dunleavy uh, released some of his uh, funding priorities for fiscal year 2025. So we'll be uh, talking about that a lot today, I think, because we have Mike Shower. He's going to be on the air with us starting at 730 until 8 o'clock. And then, uh, as always, at 830 this afternoon, Todd Smoldens from the governor's office will be checking in with us. So, yeah, we're going to get all of your budget information that you need right here on KVNT this morning. So we're looking forward to bringing that to 
you, of course, uh, along with the witty banter and conversations that we always like to have here. And we will be taking your phone uh, phone calls uh, after this quick break. Yes, yeah, that time already. So you can put the uh, number into your phone right now. Here it is. It's 907 357 5868 Five eight six eight, and as always, we do appreciate you listening to the Tom Anderson Show right here on KVNT ten twenty AM ninety two point five FM one hundred four point five FM, and all around the world at ten twenty KVNT dot com. We'll be back right after this quick break on KVNT. I'm in if you're down to get down tonight. It's always a good time. is the Tom Anderson Show. Broadcasting live from the KVNT studios, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday. Well, it's Tom Steigelman back in the studios with you here at KVNT. 7.18 in the morning right now. It is currently 11 degrees outside of our East Anchorage studios as we are rolling right along with the Friday edition of the Big Morning Show. And our phone lines are now open at 907-357-5868. The telephone has been repositioned. I can reach it now from uh, the soundboard. So that's a uh, positive here for the studio. So if you want to call in and weigh in on some issues or... uh, uh, maybe start a fire of your own. Give us a call now, 907-357-5868, 907-357-5868. Let's take a look at some headlines. Here's some unfortunate news that I touched on in the first segment, but Israeli Defense Forces announced today that they've recovered uh, the bodies of three hostages in the Gaza Strip. So uh, Hamas still uh, continuing to kill hostages over there, which is why the IDF, that's the Israeli Defense Forces, are still engaged over there and trying to get rid of this scourge of Hamas. And uh, yeah, it's just a shame that uh, yeah this is continuing and that you've got uh, terrible people like Hamas, uh, you know, taking these hostages, uh, certainly torturing them and raping them and abusing them and then, uh, you know, ultimately killing them as, uh, you know, a justification for whatever. There's no justification for what they're doing. And along those lines, uh, you know, if it's not bad enough that you're hiding in hospitals, if it's not bad enough that you're hiding in schools, Hamas, uh, a tactic that they had was uh, expo- exposed and foiled as uh, the Tomas had set up an ambush attempt uh, against the Israeli defense forces. Here's what they did. They were using dolls, children's backpacks, and speakers that were playing sounds of crying children, hoping to lure soldiers into a tunnel. So the uh, attempted... uh, you know, ambush uh, thankfully did not work out, and the IDF was able to uh, see what was happening there and able to uh, disarm that, uh, you know, uh, those bombs, essentially. So, uh, you know, good on them for uh, being aware, but boy, uh, tricky, tricky uh, stuff going on, no doubt about that, showing again that Hamas just has uh, no uh, care when it comes to the use of children in a setting like this. 
Well, a memo has gone out to U.S. Custom and Border Protection agents and officers warning them to be on the lookout for explosive devices coming across the border. Go figure that IEDs, improvised explosive devices, have been found on the Mexico side of the border. In fact, uh, Mexican uh, military officials were, I guess they came across a skirmish between a couple of cartel factions or something near one of the border uh, walls. Uh, penetrations where people uh, freely cross into this country and that uh, turns out they had 10 IEDs with them as uh, it looks like they were getting ready to uh, make the trek here into the United States so boy how about that way to go Joe and thanks Kamala Harris for doing everything you're doing to protect the border you're supposed to be the borders are right since day number one and uh, here we go it looks like uh, IEDs are making their way to the border and getting ready to cross so hopefully this administration is going to do something about this. If not, uh, you know, whatever your problems may be with Donald Trump, and I know he's the front runner, and I know there's lots of you out there that have issues with him. Uh, it's going to take somebody like that in office who's going to have a backbone to stand up to uh you know, the pressure from all of the uh, softies out there saying, oh, we got to let everybody in and hug them and kiss them and give them everything they want. And we'll pay for it all without a care in the world because we'll just raise taxes on people who work. Uh, we got to stand up to those folks and say that's not the way it's going to be. If people are welcome to come to this country, you just got to do it through the right process. You have to wait your turn and get in line and go through the border process instead of just freely coming over and then instantly getting all the benefits uh, that even some of our own veterans can't even receive. So I don't know. Maybe I'm uh, just a little uh, rowdy this morning on a Friday. Give me a call. Let me know what you think. 907-357-5868. Oh, here's one you'll like. Well, what do you do if a 50-year-old dude thinks he's a girl and wants to swim in a women's event and then share a locker room with children? Well, you don't do anything if you're in Canada because you can't. It's the law. You can't stop a guy from doing stuff like that. But parents are uh, speaking out in Toronto uh, following what they call the Trojan Cup. Yeah, over there in Ontario. It happened earlier uh, this month. And uh, Melody uh, Wisehart, uh, <laughs> uh, there's all kinds of stuff you can say about that. Anyway, a transgender swimmer competed in events with teenage swimmers and shared a locker room with their children, according to the complaints of the parents. Weishart, who is 50, competed in several events at the East Bay Field Community Center, where the meet was held, including in the women's 1500 freestyle for athletes 16 and older. So, okay, first, you know, I got some problems here on both sides of this saying, first of all, I think it's wrong. I think it's disgusting for a 50-year-old man to act like he's a woman so he can swim against uh, younger people and then change his clothes in the same area that these young girls do. I uh, got an issue with that. Uh, on the other hand, when you look at this, uh, okay, so he thinks he's a woman, so they're going to let him compete. But it was an event for people who are 16 years and older. So, Technically, the dude qualified for the women's event. So, you know, I guess he's living within the rules there. Uh, but 
Yeah, I see why the parents are upset about that. I know how I'd react. My kid would not be swimming uh, in that pool or uh, at those events. That's exactly what I would be uh, doing. Uh, and then as I made the move to kick this guy out, and I would keep making more noise and noise and noise about it. Uh, and, you know, unfortunately, that's what we have to do over here in this country, too. This is continuing to spread in Canada. They're not going to do anything about it. They're going to continue to encourage this kind of behavior, just like is what's happening here and it's going to take like uh, you know people like you and I to take a stand to make some noise to take the social media hits to get uh, canceled and those kind of things but if we want to do what's right for our children and uh, we got to take a stand on this stuff it's uh, are we going to be able to totally stop it no there's always going to be a fringe group out there pushing for special rights and those kind of things and uh, totally uh, stuff that doesn't make any common sense at all like a 50 year old man competing against 16 year old girls and sharing a locker with them, uh, you know, a locker room with them and changing in front of them. Uh, you know, there's always wackos that's going to think that's normal. And it's not. You just got to call it for what it is. That is lunatic behavior. And we've got to take a stand against that and call it what it is. It's, uh, you know, we can't give everybody a pat on the back. This is the whole everybody gets a trophy generation coming to fruition now. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's a terrible thing. What do you think about that? Give us a call 907-357-5868. What would you do or how would you react if a 50-year-old dude is swimming against your 14 and 16-year-old daughter and sharing a locker room with her and changing in front of her? What would you do about that? I really do want to know. Uh, call us now. You don't have to give your name on the air. Now, if you do call 907-357-5868, I am going to put you instantly on the air. I'm not screening calls unless it's a commercial break. So be ready for that. 907-357-5868. Again, that number, 907-357-5868. So... <clears throat> yeah, and uh you know like I was talking about how it's going to be coming to this country. Well, here we go. Uh on International Transgender Day of Visibility, the US Office of Personnel Management ordered federal agencies to prohibit the intentional use of incorrect pronouns in the workplace because it could contribute to unlawful hostile work environments. First uh to comply was the US uh, Health and Human Services Department, then the Department of State, Customs, Borders, all of which have recently issued uh workplace pronoun mandates. So, you know, this kind of stuff is just continuing to get through here. And, uh, you know, just because a guy wants to be called a girl, I, I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm just not doing it. You know, maybe you, uh, you work for the government and you want a new job. We're hiring here at CBI Media Group for our radio stations. We are looking for some sales representatives. So uh, maybe you want to uh, put your uh, skills and uh, abilities to use uh, at a workplace that's uh, not 100% focused on just making a ton of money. But we got a bigger purpose. And uh, you know what? We call a man a man and a girl a girl and a woman a woman over here. So uh, you are welcome to come work with us us <laughs> you can get uh, more information actually you can send your resume to me here's the email address to use for that send it to jobs 
at cbimediagroup.com. That's J-O-B-S at cbimediagroup.com. And I'll get your resume, take a look at it, and we'll uh, maybe have a chat and see if you can be the next CBI employee. Well, we're having a lot of fun down here, bringing you lots of news and information, maybe riling some of you up. Not brave enough to call in, though, and tell me what you would do if a 50-year-old dude was swimming against your daughter and changing in the locker room with her. Uh, But that's all right. You know what? Uh, you can be silent out there and uh, not do anything. That's that's cool. That's how we're going to make change, right? <laughs> 907-357-5868. even if you do call in right now, I don't have time to take your call because we're going to take a break. And then uh, Mike Shower is scheduled to be on the line with us. He's going to be here with us from 730 to 8 o'clock this morning, letting us know about uh, what is going to be going on uh, in the state legislator, le- legislature with the upcoming session and what some of his goals are and looking forward to talking with him as always we appreciate you listening to the tom anderson show right here on 1020 kvnt you can also hear us on 92.5 fm and you can hear us on 104.5 fm right here in the anchorage area as well and of course always online at 1020kvnt.com if you missed out on any of the prior shows uh they are uploaded and uh on tom anderson shows uh the tom anderson Anderson Show website. That's TomAndersonShow.com. TomAndersonShow.com. We'll take ourselves a quick break, then we're coming back with Mike Shower. He's up next right here on KVNT. This is the Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday. Well, we are back here live at KVNT 1020 AM, 92.5 FM, also on 104.5 FM, and all around the world at 1020KVNT.com. Right now, it's 734 in the morning. It's 11 degrees outside of our East Anchorage studios, and uh, we are uh, thankful. Mike Shower calling in this morning. How are we doing, Mike? Doing good. How about you? Well, you know, uh, just trying to stay warm. It got a little chilly yesterday. Got down into the negatives here in Anchorage anyway. And uh, uh, now I'm waiting for that snow to start rolling in and start back up again. <laughs> yeah, right. We saw minus 12 driving in last night, so it was chilly up here too. Yeah, man, that's uh, something else. So uh, you got uh, everything all set for Christmas? You got all your shopping done and everything? Yeah, I think we're pretty much there. We got uh, really? really? Good for you. I haven't even started. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I don't know. I think, you know, flying with FedEx, I go to some places and you pick up a thing or two and whatever. And right. I don't know. It's kind of odd. I mean, this year we seem to be done early. I don't know why or how. So we just may be lucky on that one. Yeah, well. But we got real lucky because our oldest is coming down or coming up with his family. So we're going to have our whole all the kids and grandkids for the first time in, in a long time. So we're, we're really looking forward to that. Oh man. Fun. Good for you guys. Yeah. My uh, oldest son just got back into town last night and, uh, but uh, this will be the first year that all of our boys will not be together for Christmas. Uh, my youngest son was married and uh, he is living down in Missouri and this is the first time they're not going to come up for Christmas. So uh, my wife's heart is uh, hurting right now but we'll make it through <laughs> that's yeah, just, just part of the process <laughs> yeah it is they're they, they fly right off they go out of the roost and uh they're yeah. on their own so well, that's, that's a, when you become grandma and grandpa traveling to see them yeah exactly so yeah we're yeah if we can get them into that stage of course my wife was all about that it's like when are you gonna have kids she's uh definitely wants to be a grandma no doubt about that 
which uh, means I'm going to need a second job. So if you're hiring for anything, please let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Want to be a staffer, do you? I'm yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, well, hey, uh, government jobs, if you can get them. Yeah. Speaking of uh, staffers and those kind of things, uh, got the session getting ready to kick back up. And of course, the governor or uh, the governor issued uh, and released some of his budgeting priorities and everything. Uh, have you had a chance to take a look at that yet? And uh, what are your plans coming up? Well, we have and uh, talking to my other two minority member colleagues, um, we've had a little bit of a discussion about it. I mean, the reality is, um, frankly, I don't put much effort into that right now because, mm-hmm. as you and I both know, um, there's going to be a thousand chops on that budget. There's going to be battles. The legislature is going to pretty much do whatever it wants anyways, could care less, frankly, you know, what the governor's budget is. I mean, and I say all this for the context of having gone through this for year number seven, mm-hmm. um, watch battles unfold. I mean, from, but you know, from vetoes, the, the governor does at the for the next year, they're fighting to restore every single veto and taking multiple votes. So, the, you know, lobbyists are going to have their say and the old guard and the legislature is going to have its say and they're going to want to funnel money into their districts. I mean, I've just I've watched the process. So not to be um, not I'm just being pragmatic about it. I mean, you're going to see this budget is going to change and there's going to be money added to it. I mean, look, at there's bills upwards of a billion dollars of new spending that certain Democrats and Republicans are trying to push through. So I just I think when people look at it, go, yeah, okay, it's a, it's a nice first blush of what a budget could look like. But the reality is, and the governor acknowledges that, it did, um, that, you know, it's going to change. He even said, you know, the PFD, the likelihood of it being a full PFD, pretty small, right? Because this legislature simply is mostly anti-PFD now. They believe in the PFD that's not following the law. They just want a PFD that's going to be after they've spent everything they can spend and want to spend. They'll take all that money from the PFD, whatever's left over. That's what they're going to fund. That's it. That's not. A, that's again also just a pragmatic statement. I've mm-hmm. watched them do that. So um, why why do you think that mindset is, has changed over the years, uh, particularly on the PFD issue? Because it was always you know before a sacred cow and you know followed right along you know the way it was supposed to and everything. I mean, is it have legislators lost uh, their fear of the voters or you know what's going on with that? In certain districts, I think so, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, there are certain di- – look, I've watched some of these legislators say, I support the PFD, and some of them have been longtime supporter, a couple Democrats last year, right, that are hardcore supporters of the PFD all voted against it, right, because I put in my standard every year. Mm-hmm. I put in the statute – I put in the amendment for a full PFD. The only time I ever got that was two years ago. Um, every other year it gets voted down, and there's a few Democrats, for example – that were hardcore supporters have always been big supporters of PFD. They voted against it last year. So even people that have always said they support it, campaigned that they support it, when the time comes for the votes, they have turned their back on it, you know, time and again. And there's a few legislators from certain districts that have suffered a price for that. Um, but most of them have realized they can vote however they want and they're probably going to get reelected anyways. And the people have tried so hard and, um, you know, they just get shot. I think people are tired. There's a certain amount of fatigue with that. And I think the people realize, you know, it doesn't matter what they vote, how they vote. Um, legislators are going to go down there and do pretty much what they want, which is kind of how we started mm-hmm. in our comment here on the budget, that they're going to do whatever they want and get away with it. And there's a lot of districts, frankly, where these guys can go out and vote however they want. And, you know, 30 years later, they're still going to be there uh, because that's exactly what's happened. So, yeah, I think it's cha- the dynamic has changed. And add to that, remember, 
our spending level is going up and it's gone mm. up dramatically. Um, and once you start spending and remember the difference is when you increase the size of your operating budget, your actual government, that's employees and contracts and obligations, then you get stuck having to pay for it. Um, if you had a big capital budget, you could chop that every year, right? You can go up and down. That's not, that's not, um, you're not stuck with that, but the operating budget you are, and that's increased significantly over the years. And, They've put us into a place now where, frankly, you just can't really. It, it's a it's a competition now, right? The PFD is being pitted against. It's for the children, you know. It's for school spending. Right. It's for Department of Corrections and safety and everything else. And so, um, they've done a very good job of framing the narrative now that, well, you know, if you want a big PFD, they never say if we want to follow the law, right? They just say if you want to over supersize PFD, well, then you're going to have to tax to get it. Well, that's not how it was set up. So. You know, back to the end of the day, you asked, you know, what one of my priorities is, and it's simply not going to happen with this legislative body, is a comprehensive fiscal plan. You know, and I've said even there is, I, I will touch the sacred cow of changing the formula for the PFD so we stop fighting about it, but it has to be comprehensive. It has to be balanced, right? We have to, you know, have a spending cap that works. You have to raise whatever revenue, i.e. the tax word, to balance it once you put that spending cap in, change the formula on the PFD so it all balances, and then we're done. And you don't have to fight about it because it's all, you know, kind of locked into a formula, if you will, that we could follow. But right now, now the problem is they've got their hands in the cookie jar. They know that they can spend every penny they want on all of their different things, and they can take as much money out of the PFD as they want to pay for it. Whatever's left, they'll provide that as a PFD, whether it's $1 or $500 or whatever it ends up being. That's what will happen. And this year, I would project we'll be back in the $1,000 range probably because they've got a lot of they got a lot of things they want to pay for with that PFD um, mm -hmm. government first. So it, that's a long diatribe for me, but it's, you know, as you know, it's, it's complicated and it's not complicated, but it's, uh, um, it's changed. It's, it's just different now. It's not the same as it used to be. It, it is no longer a sacred cow to the legislative body anyways. And so Dunleavy is following the formula. He said that he's like, look, that's still the formula. He's like, we're going to follow it and acknowledge that the legislature is probably going to chop it up and do whatever it wants. So, We'll see. Yeah, it's uh it's gonna be interesting. And uh you know, it, it, it always is with that yeah, you know, arm wrestling that goes on and uh you know, the deals that are cut and those kind of things and uh you know how it always comes down to just the last couple of days before things get finished off. I think I think that's kind of one of the frustrating things for me is uh, you know, we all know you know, that this deadline is coming, uh, you know, at the end of the session, you know, projecting all the way out to the end. And uh, there's always such difficulty meeting that, you know, and getting things done before that deadline. Isn't it odd that you do that? We talk about it, that it is so hard. And they talk about how difficult it is, you know, to do that, you know, using your words, because I, mm -hmm. I think it's funny that I, I listen to them talk about how hard it is to get this and they go, you know, Texas, <laughs> that is massively huge population wise, about with 35 million people compared to Alaska. They meet basically every other year for 60 days. And a lot of states do this, right? They yeah. meet for 40 days or 60 days and they get it all done. No problem. Oh, but here's little Alaska. We are so complicated, and the budget is so hard. Right. It just takes us down to the wire every year, that 120 days plus, just to get that done. I'm like, are you kidding me? Our budget is tiny and simple by comparison, but yet it's like, you know, the real reality is just party down there. They want to stay, and it's tough, and they, they want to let it go. But other states get this done. We just don't. Yeah. So it's a... Uh, 
it's a thing we do, and you know, we just don't follow the law on that one either. Well, maybe we can chat about that a little bit uh, after the break. Uh, you're listening to us right here on KVNT. Mike Shower on the line with us at 744 right now. We'll take a quick break and come back with more of the Tom Anderson Show. Be sure you stick around. I don't know who's going to win. Oh. I wish I wish that I was. is the Tom Anderson Show. Broadcasting live from the KVNT studios, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday. And we are back here in our East Anchorage studios. It's now 748, currently 11 degrees outside. Mike Shower sticking around with us for another segment. Uh, Mike, appreciate you sticking around, being on the air, and thanks for all your service there uh, down in the Senate. You know, as we were talking uh, before the break, uh, you know, we were kind of wrapping up the segment, talking about the deadlines, uh, you know, for the budget and the session and all that kind of stuff and, you know, how oftentimes it'll get extended or we'll go into special sessions. And uh, you're bringing up, well, Texas can get it done, so why can't we? Um, You know, one of my suggestions is, uh, I don't know, maybe you can – throw this out there. I've asked Don Amirs to do it. I've asked Elise Galvin to do it and a few others on the Republican side of the aisle as well. Uh, You know, is there something that we can pass that, uh, you know, the per diems and everything stop if you go into a special session? I mean, you get paid up to the the deadline of the session, just like we would pay a contractor who's working on our house. Well, the answer to all those things are some great ideas. I agree with that. I've seen those bills be introduced. Um, I've talked about them. I put amendments in for things like that, but here's the reality. They get shot down every time. Well, of course. It's kind of like, <laughs> like well, let's have a term limit. You know? mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, that's great, but how are you going to get that passed? The legislator that so desperately seems to want these jobs for 20 or 30 or 40 years. They want a career doing this. They love this stuff. So I, I predict, as it has been, very difficult to get things like this passed. Because the very legislators that you have to rely upon as a citizen to do those things simply isn't going to do them. And they're going to give you every reason under the sun. Like, well, we just can't. That's just too hard. We don't have the votes. You can't get good people. You know, there's a, there's a thousand reasons you're going to get. I've heard of all the excuses. But the reality is most legislators are going to vote against it. I mean, look, right. the pay raise is a perfect example last year. <laughs> I, mean, I made a speech to the floor. I said, you have got to be tone deaf. I'm looking at all these senators going, you're tone deaf if you vote for this thing. How could you possibly vote for a 67% pay raise for yourselves while out there your, your citizens are struggling to get by, um, and you're going to vote a two-thirds pay increase? You're nuts. And, you know, a lot of people wouldn't even look me in the eyes at the time, and they almost everybody voted for it. I was one of, oh, shoot, maybe three of us, four of us voted against wow. it. Everybody else voted for it, and, and people were angry. But back to what are you going to do? It's like the per diem. I talk about that. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like – fine. You know, I can live with the per diem, although I think it's way too high because, you know, look, Michelle and I were trying to find a place to stay down there, like almost $4,000 for a place for a month, you know, per month. So yeah, it's exciting. I still have to pay for my house and everything back here. So I don't mind per diem. It's designed to help people when you're on the road for your job, but the pay 
or the per diem combined. I mean, I think it's gone up like a hundred and do the math, hundred and twenty three thousand or something a year if you include that with with the per diem. I go, that's a pretty good gig if you can get it. You know, the median income wage in Alaska is like seventy seven thousand dollars. This we're way above that now. And so when you ask a good question like that, what well, can't you do this to, you know, get X to happen? I would say, yes, we could. The reality is, I think, for a lot of these things, but they're hard to do. They're manpower intensive. It takes money and time, and, and they're difficult, is to get it a, you know, on the ballot, a citizen's initiative. But where are you going to get the money? Something mm-hmm. like ranked choice voting, you know, oh, well, how'd that get here then? You know, well, because there was millions upon millions of dollars spent by out-of-state entities, billionaires and others, to install it in Alaska. And that's how it happened. It, we didn't, nobody here had the money or the effort to do that. They, they bought if you will, an election in Alaska with ranked choice voting. So it takes money and time. So you're asking great questions. I ask the same questions, but you're never going to get it past leg- a legislative body where most people want the pay raise. They want right. these jobs forever. They want to sit down in Juneau for four months. You know, And so if the people don't take it back into their own hands, these things simply aren't going to happen. And every time where you think, well, we've got some alignment, maybe get some movement. Woohoo. You know, we got more Republicans. So we have a Republican dominated legislature and a Republican governor. Well, how's that worked out for the last, you know, four five, six years, yeah. you know, for a while there, the house for four years, like six years was under control of Democrats, even though there was less of them because Republicans joined the Democrats and gave Democrats majority control. Woohoo. This last year, the house, woo, the house is finally under Republican control. Oh, this, Senate decides to go and, and, you know, eight Republicans join the nine Democrats and give them majority control. So, and that fights the governor and every time. So there's no alignment. It doesn't matter, you know, how many Republicans we seem to put in office, they, they find a way to, to give power to the Democrats. And so then you get that counterbalance, right? Where, yeah, well, you don't have alignment. You don't have a house and the Senate and the governor that are all aligned allegedly during the campaign season on, on the issues. Instead, you have a House fighting a Senate, fighting the governor, and, and so we, we go nowhere. On things like this that are important, on a comprehensive fiscal policy I was talking about, on mm-hmm. solving the PFD problem so we get it off the table, on trying to rein in the budget, um, on fixing things like roads and bridges and focusing on long, uh, long-range plan and infrastructure, we simply don't do those things. So it's frustrating, and I'm not trying to be a downer because I want to be positive and say, look, I'm going to continue to push for what? A, a comprehensive fiscal policy. I want a solution on this so we stop fighting about it. We need to be thinking about things on the criminal justice side, like uh, what about comprehensive reform for rehabilitation? Because most of our problems are people that are drug addicts, and we need help uh, on trying to capture back as many of them as we can out of the addiction problem. We're never going to get to that if we just keep arresting them over and over and throwing them in jail. Um, it's a cycle, right? I mean, there's right. so many things that we need to be doing. We need to be focusing on our economy. How are we going to grow our economy? We're a resource-based economy. We need to be we need to be mining, right? We need to be finding ways to outside of the Biden administration that is completely and utterly anti-Alaska is from when it comes to resource development, figuring out where we can drill for more oil and gas. Um, we need to figure out how we can get some manufacturing, build a new refinery. It would be nice if we build a dam. <laughs> <laughs> so we can have more power, free, free, clean power, long range energy plan. We don't have one micro nuclear. People say, oh, I want clean energy, but they don't want to dig. Right. They don't mm-hmm. want coal. They don't want gas. They don't want oil um, or, you know, solar and wind don't cut it all the time. We don't have battery storage for it on top of how inefficient they are in the wintertime and other things. But you want to turn your lights on. So, I mean, there's all these things we should be doing and could be as a legislature, but instead we said, you know, we're, we're wrapped around the axle about these other things. Um, and it's very frustrating, right? Because I want to solve, I want to solve some of these things long-term and there's so many great ideas that we have put out for these different things. And they just don't get done. 
And I think a lot of it is if you have these problems, well, you can continually campaign on and say, I'm going to solve the problems, a lot of them that we created, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, and then never solve them. Because guess what happens, brother? If you solve those problems, all of a sudden, they don't really need you anymore. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I think that's kind of like the... Uh, you know, I always equate that to the homeless issue. You know, you have all these social service uh, agencies out there that, you know, they claim they want to solve the homeless issue and that kind of stuff. But if they really do do their job, you know, they do the job, uh, then they put themselves out of work. So do they really have the incentive to solve the problem? And I think oftentimes that the answer is no. Well, Mike, appreciate your time. And I do just I just have to say, uh, you know, listening to you, I mean, you made a lot of sense on a lot of issues and uh, you know, I could I and maybe it's not true, but I would sense a little bit of frustration there on some of the things that maybe didn't move forward. I would you know, put all that together and say, you must be married to a saint of a wife because I'm sure she has to listen to you vent about your frustration on occasion. So she must be an awfully good woman. Uh, Michelle is amazing. Yeah. And I could not <laughs> about her. You know, and I told Tom, he knows she travels with me to Juno and supports me and goes everywhere. And uh, yeah, if you don't have that, in my opinion, you, you can't do this job. It's It's very difficult on the family and it does require a lot of sacrifice away from home and time. And and traveling, but you know, comes with a job. It's important. We need to try to do the best we can with it. But yeah, I do. I have a saint for life. You're right. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Well, as uh, you know, we get ready to wrap up here. You know, if somebody wants to, uh, you know, contact you, uh, you know, how can they do that? And do you have any suggestions for, uh, you know, as people contact their legislators, uh, you know, what's the best way to do that? And what's the most effective way that, you know, maybe has some influence with you that they could apply to others? The best way, and I've said this, and thank you for asking, it's a great question, is don't write and don't send an email because those get blown off. People delete them. They throw them in the garbage. Honestly, you don't get anything from that letter, really. The best way to do it is one of two ways. Either call and get on the phone, and if, if you got to talk to a staffer first and you're angry, then you call them because the staffer gets an earful and they're like, oh, boy, I better get my boss in touch with this one or solve it. And or go to their go to the LAO office, go to um, a town hall, wh- wherever they are, in person or on the phone is the best way because you and I like talking right now. People can hear my voice inflection, my frustration coming through. They can ask questions. I can talk it through, and I can hear you and, and your vote, your voice. Right, it makes sense. There's a human connection there. We write an email letter, you know, eh, whatever. But in person contact or on the phone, brother, that is the way to to reach your legislators. That's what I suggest. All right. Well, Mike. Uh you know, appreciate everything you're doing, and uh, we'll be in touch during the legislative session. We'll be sure to get you back on the air, okay? Look forward, you guys. Have a Merry Christmas. Thank hey, you. Take hey, care. thanks. You too. All right, that's Mike Shower, everybody, and appreciate him taking his time this morning calling in to KVNT. We're going to take ourselves a quick break, then we'll open up the phone lines for your phone calls at 907-357-5868. Also, be sure to stick around next hour. we got Adam Holtz from Plugged In Movie Review coming up at 815. Todd Smolden from the Governor's Office going to be checking in at 830. And uh, like I said, your phone calls, too. You're listening to the Tom Andrew show right here on KVNT.
Chickens, chickens, chickens. Listeners are giving chickens. Chickens, chickens, chickens. Oh my. It is so exciting to see when listeners give towards the GFA World Christmas Critter Campaign. And a well-known person to our audience here at KVNT has made a gift. I'm talking about Dalton. He stepped up to the plate and gave a gift of five pairs of chickens, which gets doubled and turns into ten pairs of chickens. And he also did a sewing machine, too. Dalton, thank you very much for your gift towards the GFA World Christmas Critter Campaign. You know, maybe uh, you want to give a gift like Dalton did, or maybe you want to do a little bit more and uh, outdo Dalton. Well, here's what you do. Go to our website, 1020kvnt.com, and click on the GFA World Christmas Critter Campaign button, or call this number. It's 855-513-2130. 855-513-2130. Or give a gift online today at 1020kvnt.com and click on the GFA World Christmas Critter Campaign button. This is the Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios in South Central Alaska, USA, live and local 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on KVNT 1020 a.m. and 92.5 FM, your best source for morning news, traffic, and weather, streaming live online at TomAndersonShow.com. Phone lines are open. Dial 907-357-5868. That's 357-5868. Politics and news from a guy who's made it happen your morning drive just got a whole lot better good morning america here's tom anderson that's not exactly true it's tom steigelman in the studios today for tom anderson thanks for joining us on this friday eight minutes after eight right now it's currently 11 degrees outside of our east anchorage studios and speaking of the weather and the temperatures and those kind of things the national weather service has issued a special weather statement calling for a widespread spread snow throughout the Anchorage Bowl and the Matsu Valley uh, and areas of blowing snow likely uh, throughout Anchorage and the Anchorage Hillside and Turnigan Arm areas. Woohoo! Looking forward to that. It says light snow will develop across the Anchorage Bowl and the Matsu Valley this morning. Then snow will become steadier by noon with uh, gusting southeasterly winds likely through the Turnigan Arm and across the Anchorage Hillside. Gusts up to 35 miles per hour are possible, resulting in localized areas of blowing snow and reduced visibility especially along the Seward Highway. Bands of heavier snow with snowfall rates of up to one inch per hour are possible between 2 p.m. and 5 p.m. this afternoon. So get those snow blowers ready is what I'm hearing. Heavy snow uh, during this time could uh, result in reduced visibility and may impact the evening commute. So uh, start talking to your boss now and get off uh, work early today and get out of Dodge if you're going to be out there on the highways and byways. That's for sure. Total of two to Four inches is expected uh, throughout the day with up to six inches on the Anchorage hillside. Awesome. We just had our tower site plowed out from the last snowfall. Uh, had over a foot of snow up there. And uh, now we get to pay for it again. Woohoo! We love winter down here at the radio stations. And uh, But you know what? Uh, we do want to say thank you to all of the plow operators taking care of the streets, our private folks who uh, you know take care of our uh, driveways and those kind of things. Those men and women are out there working hard. Also, do not forget to thank your electrical workers and those linemen and line women that are out there who have to uh, 
you know, get those down power lines back up and running when the power goes out because of all of this extra snow and the weight that it puts on the lines and then a tree falls on it. And who knows what else is happening out there. But, man, appreciate those uh, men and women with those skills making things happen so that, well, we can continue to be on the air and have lights on in the studio and at my house. So thank you very much. 907-357-5868. You have an opportunity to call in right now and chat a little bit and uh, before we start uh, taking care of some more interviews here on KVNT, of course, Adam Holtz with Plugged In Move Review on the way next. And then Todd Smolden at the bottom of the hour uh, going to be talking uh, about, uh, I would assume, the governor's proposed budget that is now released. We had Mike Shower, uh, the uh, senator from Wasilla, on the air with us uh, between 730 and 8 o'clock this morning talking about uh, the budget and the legislative process and those kind of things. If you missed out on that interview um, a little while after I'm done here with the program, we'll have it uploaded on uh, Tom Anderson's website. Guess what that's called? Yeah, the Tom or TomAndersonShow.com. Yeah, so you can go there and listen to past episodes. If you missed anything throughout the week, uh, you can certainly go back and listen to those. And even farther, I think he actually has just about every show he's done in the last few years archived and posted online at TomAndersonShow.com. But we do appreciate uh, Mike calling in this morning. Mike Shower, that is, and uh, spending some time with us and giving his views on some things and some what uh, he's hoping to see out of the legislative session that is going to be starting up next month. So, uh, yeah, a few other things uh, going on. We're going to have some more of the state legislators on the air uh, throughout the week next week. I know we got uh, Shelly Hughes is on the docket. So is James Kaufman and a few others going to be calling in and checking in with us. We're also going to have Ann Brown from the Republican Party on next Next week and uh, looking forward to that and uh, yeah so we will uh, just get everything ready to groove and have it all ready to go getting that set up there uh right now it's 12 minutes after eight and you're welcome to give us a call at 907-357-5868 if you'd like to get on the air 907-357-5868 that's the number to call in and uh we'll give you a couple of minutes while we've got them here and uh before we get over to our friends over at plugged in they are coming up next for us right here on kvnt and uh yeah so other things uh, I, yeah, I kind of touched on this a little bit during the uh, 7 o'clock hour when we got things going, but uh, there's an event tonight for uh, my uh, House representative uh, for the state of Alaska, Donna Mears, having a little uh, get-together, and I'm going to be attending that. And uh, I know what some people are thinking. You're like, but Tom, how are you going to go meet with her? She's a Democrat. Well, yeah, but she's uh, the one who was elected in my area uh, as a as our House representative. So I'm going to go still uh, meet with her and chat with her and get to know her a little bit better. Of course, we've had Donna on the air here multiple times on KVNT. But uh, you know what? Uh, if I just because she's got a different political affiliation, if I. Uh, choose not to talk to her or not engage with her because of some of her views. Uh, how am I going to influence her on everything? And why would she even bother to take a phone call from me if I've got a concern about the neighborhood? Uh, you know, you, you got to go to these kind of things. You got to 
meet these people. They are human, even though they don't disagree or they don't agree with us all the time. They're still human. And, uh, you know, we got to get to know them a little bit. And uh, this is also a chance for me to be able to meet my uh, neighbors uh, who don't disagree with me, who always have up the different political signs than I do in my yard and uh, let them you know, they can also see that, uh, you know what, conservatives can have a good time and we're not scary people either. So you got to get out there. You got to engage with people. You just can't uh, have a sounding board of everybody that agrees with you all the time. Woo. All right. Done with that sermon for you here this morning on KVNT. Be sure you stick around. Coming up in our next segment, we're going to have our friends from Plugged In Movie Review. I'm excited to see uh, what they've got on the docket for us this week. And uh, yeah, so we'll have them up next. I think it's going to be Adam Holtz with us this week. So looking forward to talking to him in a few minutes and then talking. Todd Smolden at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to the Tom Anderson Show right here on KVNT, 1020 AM, 92.5 FM, 104.5 FM, and all around the world at 1020KVNT.com. This is the Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday. Well, it's Tom Steigelman back in the studios with you here at KVNT. As you heard that song, Bad to the Bone, somebody who's bad to the bone, at least chewing his way down to it, is Adam Holtz. I've seen him eat, so I know. How are we doing, Adam? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> You know, I've always wanted a little George Thorogood as some walk-up music for me, and Bad to the Bone gets the job done because, well, most of the rest of his songs are about drinking. Yeah, exactly. See, now you can go home and uh, brag to your uh, wife and children about that, that that was the big intro song yeah, for today. My yeah, wife will roll her, <laughs> my wife will roll her eyes, and so will my children. I, I get that a lot, too. I don't know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it seems to be a universal experience. Yeah. Oh, man. So you got everything uh, lined up for Christmas? Got all your shopping done? Oh, no. I haven't even started. haven't even thought about it. That's the kind of man I like to talk to. I had one of our... I had one of our Alaska state senators on the air uh, earlier, and I asked him the same question. He was pretty much all done. And uh, I don't know. People like that are just freaks. (laughs) Right. I mean, I I got stuff to do. Is it Christmas? I mean, I haven't given it a thought yet. (laughs) Maybe this weekend it will creep onto the radar. Yeah. I got a bigger problem. My wife's birthday is on Monday, so I got to get that figured out first. And then then I'll deal with Christmas. Yes, exactly. I mean, and that's right. It's, it's I'll deal with Christmas. That's pretty much how I feel about it. And don't get me wrong. I, I love being generous. I love spending time with our family and it's fun to give gifts. I just I haven't had time to think about it yet. Yeah, it's been uh, something else. I can't believe we're already reaching the end of 2023. I don't even know where this year oh, went. I, it feels like science fiction. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, it's something else. Well, maybe one thing I can do is uh, get my wife some uh, movie tickets and uh, take her out sure. to the movies. Uh, what do we got on the docket yep. for this week? Well, we have three very different movies on the docket this week. If you want to just stay home and uh, think about chickens, yeah, you can dial up some Netflix and watch Chicken Run, Dawn of the Nugget. And uh, this is a sequel to the movie. I think the first one came out. 
oh, like 2013, something like that. It was about a decade ago, long time ago, maybe even longer than mm-hmm. that. Um, and so this is, of course, you know, when characters that we met a long time ago, when we revisit them, of course, they have children. And that is the case here. So in the first one, we met Ginger and Rocky, who were chickens who figured out that they were slated for death, and they had a great escape style, uh, well, escape. Um, and now their chicken clan, their flock, I guess that's what it would be, lives on an island uh, in the middle of a river. And it's uh, not populated by anybody other than the chickens. It's kind of a chicken utopia. But wouldn't you know it, they have a teenage daughter named Molly, and uh, Molly thinks that uh, Utopia is boring. And one day over on the mainland, I guess we'll call it, across the river, she sees a truck. And the truck has a picture of a cute little chicken in a basket. And Molly imagines that being somewhere with trucks and chickens and baskets sounds like a lot of fun. Well, that's only because they haven't ever told her that over there people eat chickens. So (laughs) she soon makes a run for it, and everybody else makes a run for it after her. And chickens running ensues. Uh, you know, you know what you're going to get here. We've got some, you know, mildly gruesome allusions to what happens to chickens, hence the name Dawn of the Nugget, um, and slapstick violence throughout the whole thing. A little bit of language, but I mean, it's chicken run. There's not much content to speak of here. And <laughs> if you like the first one, you'll probably like this one. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Uh, and that's on Netflix. You said. That one is on Netflix, yes. Gotcha. And then uh, we were going to talk about Wonka. Yes, Wonka, which is what you think it is. It's Willy Wonka. And in fact, it is the origin story. You know, you and I are old enough to remember a time when people didn't have to have origin stories. We just started them. (laughs) You know, they were what they were. But now every character has to have an origin story. And this time around, uh, young and up-and-coming actor Timothy Chalamet uh, plays Willy Wonka. And Willy Wonka shows up at this, the heart, basically, of the place where everybody makes chocolate. He wants to be a world-class chocolatier. It's got kind of a European flair to it. Only the guys that are the established chocolatiers aren't really interested in sharing their wealth or their customer base, and they treat him really badly. And uh, in fact, not only try to run him out of town, but try to do worse than that. And he doesn't have two quarters to rub together, but of course he perseveres, and we know what happens. He becomes the king of chocolate eventually, the candy man. Uh, as we learned he was called in 1974 with Gene Wilder. Um, Again, this is another one with very few real surprises, a couple mild toilet humor moments and, you know, a handful of mild profanities. But pretty nice movie. And actually, uh, I'm going to say something perhaps strange, not as weird as the original. Uh, (laughs) If you've actually seen the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory book translation, so, you know, we had... Willy Wonka with Gene Wilder in 74 and the more recent one with Johnny Depp. They're both weird, right? right? We love them, but they're strange, strange movies. I think this one is a little bit more accessible. It's a little bit more fun. Uh, You know, it may not rank with the classics, but um, yeah, if you really want to know where Willy came from, this is your movie, Wonka. All right. You know, uh, I haven't seen the version with Johnny Depp yet. Uh, I've just put it off. It creeps me out. Yeah, that, same with me. It's like everything he's in is just kind of uh, 
you know, weird, except for maybe the tourist. I did like that movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the Willy Wonka stuff, it just, yeah, he's kind of creepy. So I passed on that one. Yep. Mm. Yes. And, and then, you know, if you want something a little bit more, well, a lot more Christmassy, there's Christmas with the Chosen, Holy Night. And the Chosen, of course, is a crowdfunded series that's available streaming. Lots of different platforms have it that, you know, is going through Telling the Life of Christ. The fourth season will start next spring. But they've done a couple of Christmas specials now. And this one combines two episodes, one called The Messengers, one called The Shepherd, which was actually kind of the pilot for the entire series Mm -hmm. that director Dallas Jenkins did with his church in Illinois in 2017. Uh, And it weaves together these two stories that tell the birth of Christ. And I I think they're really lovely. There are, you know, some really sort of letter of, of the book Christians don't like anything added to it in terms of an artistic depiction of the life of Christ. But I think that for those of us who are coming from a faith perspective, it gives us an opportunity to to visualize and imagine what some of those stories might have been like. And this one is obviously focused on Joseph and Mary, and then one particular uh, shepherd who is lame in one leg and kind of an outcast, and he stumbles into, you know, the barn where where Jesus has just been born. And I, I think it's a really lovely, lovely film. And I think if you are someone who's coming from a, a Christian perspective, I think that this is a a story that will encourage you in your faith. And if not, uh, it might cause you to think about that story, too. All right. So, and uh, that is available, I guess, wherever The Chosen is available on all the streaming platforms and stuff. Well, and actually, it's it's in theaters uh, through the weekend. Okay. So this is a theater. Oh, I misunderstood. Sorry. Special. No, that's all right. Um, and uh, it's a Fathom Events release, and I think it's just scheduled through this weekend, but I know with a lot of Fathom, thing, Fathom Events releases, if they do well, maybe it will get extended further next week. Yeah. Got uh, any uh, big plans for yourself for Christmas? You got any family coming uh, in, or are you going anywhere to see folks? No, my parents and, and my wife's folks both live about five minutes from us, so we don't have any any big travel plans. We will just be hunkering down and, you know, ripping into presents with consumeristic delight like, you know, Americans do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. After I buy them, of course. I haven't purchased them yet. Right, yeah. When when, the, when Amazon delivers them or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah, do you guys have any uh, Christmas uh, traditions or anything that you take care of in the morning of or the night before or anything? You and, know, my and, and I bring that up because, yeah, one of our uh, other show hosts, I was talking with her the other day, and I'd never heard of it before. Their big thing is they have root beer floats Christmas morning as soon as they wake up. Yeah. You know, we do root beer floats on New Year's Eve. Oh, so okay. We have the same tradition, but different holiday. Uh, because my wife works at a big church. New Year's or New Year's Eve, Christmas Eve, we usually have six or seven services, so we just kind of survive <laughs> yeah. that. And then uh, Christmas morning is when we open presents. And right. um, I don't know that we have much that is going to be of particular interest, and I, I think I'll put it on my do list come up with a better Christmas tradition. There you go. <laughs> well, hey, uh, Adam, appreciate your time. Thanks for calling in. Uh, you guys are off next Friday um, as we get ready for Christmas. So uh, we will catch up yep. with you. Uh, and I think you're off the following week. So we'll catch up with you after the new year. 
All right. That sounds great. I'll look forward to it. Hey, thanks a lot, my friend. Appreciate you taking the time to call in again for us and have yourself a great Christmas and a great New Year. You do the same, Tom. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks you very much. That's Adam Holtz from Plugged In. And you can get more information about Plugged In and uh, take a look at the reviews that we were just talking about and reviews of many other movies by checking out their website at PluggedIn.com. PluggedIn.com. Remember, they are a division of Focus on the Family. And uh, your gifts of support are always welcome. And, uh, of course, that helps make them uh, make things possible, like Adam calling in and giving us all these great updates each and every week right here on KVNT. It comes through uh, listener support. So please check that out today and support them. That's at PluggedIn.com. We're going to take ourselves a quick break, then we're coming back with Todd Smolden from the governor's office. He's up next right here on KVNT, 1020 AM and 92.5 FM. You can also hear us on 104.5 FM in Anchorage and all around the world at 1020KVNT.com. This is the Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios, 7 to 9 a.m., Monday through Friday. And we are back here in our East Anchorage studios, 8.34 in the morning right now, 12 degrees outside. And if you're thinking that's chilly, I just saw a thing from uh, the Department of, uh, or excuse me, the National Weather Service uh, for some of the interior temperatures. Minus 32 degrees today in Fairbanks and North Pole, minus 35 at the Jim River, uh, Nanana, minus 34, Isles Air Force Base, minus 29. So uh, I guess here in the Anchorage and Matsu area, we can get out the suntan lotion with 12 degrees above. So I will take that over those uh, negative temperatures. But somebody who is never negative, it's Todd Smolden. He's on the line with us right now. How are we doing, Todd? I'm doing great, Tom. Yeah, I hope uh, I hope I'm never negative, yeah. but I don't think that's true. Uh, it's all about perspective, you know, Todd. I'll take, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll take uh, 10 degrees over what it's been the last couple of nights out in my little community of Willow, which is, you know, minus double digits. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, but this is, uh, this is balmy. Yeah. I nice. don't, yeah. I don't, uh, I, it's, I, it's warmed up enough to where I'll go out and I'll deal with my driveway today. So even with all the extra snow that's supposed to be rolling in throughout the day, uh, I will be yeah, out there. You know, uh, 10, uh, 10 to 20 degrees is kind of where I'd like to see it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I could I could do that throughout the entire winter. That would be uh, just fine with me. Yeah, yeah, that's not too bad at all. A little bit of snow every once in a while to freshen up the trails, and uh, and uh, ten to twenty degrees. I could do that for four or five months without a problem. Yeah. Well, hey, before we uh, jump into our discussion about the budget and stuff, uh, you got all your uh, Christmas shopping and everything done. That is the question of the day for everybody. You know, Christmas uh, in my family, in my immediate family, uh, since I've been an adult, has been much more about the birth of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and, and what that means for us and uh, for our salvation and less about the gift giving. Um, 
my wife and I have been married for almost 30 years and often we just kind of look at each other and say, yeah, we're not doing anything for each other this year. Right. Yep. Right. Yep. Correct. <laughs> um, of course, uh, sometimes every once in a while she surprises me with a little something and I surprise her with a little something, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we have, uh, we have, uh, a second, second batch kids now. So we're trying to do some things for them, but they're, right. They're older, uh, too. So, you know, it's kind of hard to sometimes shop for, for teenagers. So, um, you know, they just want, they just want money and, and really expensive things. Right. Sometimes that's, uh, we found that was, uh, easier over the years as our, uh, you know, kids got older. It's like, you know what, uh, money is a good thing. Then they can pick out what they really want and, uh. Yeah, you know, that's not that's yeah. not a that's not a bad deal. But yeah, certainly keeping things focused on the birth of Jesus Christ, which is really what it's all about, is the key, uh, for sure. Yeah, we have a, a tradition uh, that we started um, when when we had children. Our our uh, first child, we bought a Fisher Price uh, nativity set, mm-hmm. and um, in it, of course, is baby Jesus, and we did not. We did not put the baby Jesus out with the nativity set until it was time to put Jesus out, oh, which okay. is not, which is not at the beginning of December. Right. <laughs> yeah. <know>? So, <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying Jesus was born on December 25th. I'm right. just saying that if that's when we recognize his birth, then that's, then he doesn't go with the nativity set on December 1st. So what we would do is we would wrap the baby Jesus in one of the gifts. And then when we were opening presents, uh, whoever unwrapped baby Jesus, then we would stop and read the Christmas story in Luke and then put baby Jesus in the nativity set. Very nice. That always, that was always a really nice kind of pause in the melee of, of gifts, um, Mm to reflect, you know, on what Christmas is all about. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. It's, uh, that's a good one. I'm going to have to remember that because I like that. So I can maybe, uh, train them, train the kids and pass that down to the grandkids. So since uh, all of my kids are adults now and not all of them come home anymore, that'll be our first experience with that this year. So, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. now you just uh, marked a present, you know, to uh, to the family or, you know, I don't know, sometimes we did it to the cat or whatever. But it was it became more and more difficult to hide which gift baby Jesus was in as the kids (laughs) got older, of course. Right. Well, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's an awesome, that's an awesome tradition. I like that. I'm writing that down right now. So I don't forget that. But, uh, as we, uh, move into the, uh, business at hand, uh, the budget has been released by the governor's office. The budget, the budget. Um, Yes. I, I mean, wailing and gnashing of teeth. I mean, it's, it's amazing (laughs) what happens with some people. Um, when you start a conversation, although this mm-hmm. isn't surprising in our world today, right? Because all it takes for some, uh, I'll just call them snowflakes, um, is that you, you just introduce some kind of idea and they can't even handle it. Right. So, um, it, you know, it's kind of the same with the budget with, with a few people is, you know, that it's the beginning of a conversation. And I know that, uh, you know, uh, you, you mentioned that Senator shower was on and, um, you know, he's right. It's the, it's the legislature uh, that comes together and changes that. And, you know, that'll probably happen with the PFD as well. And then the governor has to, you know, he works with the legislature. He tries to get 
uh, as close to a budget as he can get before um, they're done with their work. But ultimately, um, 61 people come together over a period of about four or five months, and um, and then a budget is is passed and signed. So people really need to be engaged. Um, they really need to be engaged in the process. They need to be communicating with their legislators. I will say being out in the Matsu Valley, um, the, the Matsu delegations pretty much all on the same page wanting uh, statutory PFD or some kind of, you know, permanent PFD solution. Uh, they, the Matsu delegation, you know, is in, is in favor of more local control of more money in the private sector. Uh, so for the most part, if you live in the Matsu, you know, the best thing to do is probably encourage your, to encourage your, your representatives to, to do what, um, what they already want to do. Um, but we need a lot of help uh, in other parts of the state to put more focus on the private sector rather than just uh, supporting government. Yeah, for folks who haven't uh, seen the governor's uh, proposed budget or uh, seen any of the news stories or anything, what are some of the uh, highlights and some of the priorities? You know, the governor's priorities really haven't changed that much. Um, there's uh, increased funding for for uh, public safety, some new uh, position, uh, VPO positions, uh, VPSO positions. Uh, out in rural Alaska, also um, some additional positions for fighting crimes against children and crimes against women, uh, missing and murdered uh, indigenous people. Um, and then, of course, he did put the statutory PFD in the budget because, well, it's it's a law, and he believes that uh, you know the budget should be funded according to the statutes that have been passed, and that. If, um, you know, the legislature needs to change statutes, then they should do that. And, and he's willing to work with them on what that looks like. Um, also, uh, there's a real need to uh, have improvements to the electrical intertie system, not only because it's getting old, but also because with some new modern technologies uh, and renewable energy, you know, production, it needs to be uh, better, you know, it needs to have be upgraded in order to accommodate those things. And I'm not talking about uh, just wind and solar. There's a lot of other renewables like hydro, you know, geothermal, other things that uh, that can get tied into the electrical system. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of other stuff in there. And uh, now all the negotiations and everything begin, right? Yep. Just, you know, once again, be, be involved in the process, communicate with your, with your legislators, communicate with, you know, uh, committee chairs, uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, just get involved. I, that, that's the, and, and be kind when you do it. That's right. Be, uh, solution, <laughs> solution focused and, uh, and solution oriented and, um, yeah, have good conversations. All right. Sounds like a plan. Well, Todd, appreciate you checking in with us again this week and giving us the update. Uh, we'll talk to you again next week. All right. Yeah, have a, have a good weekend, Tom. Hey, thanks a bunch. That's Todd Smolden from the governor's office here on KVNT as we get ready to uh, toss it to our next break. And uh, we'll... 
go ahead and do that right now. How about it? You're listening to The Tom Anderson Show on KVNT, 1020 AM, 92.5 FM, and on 104.5 FM. We're going to come back with a uh, great interview that we had before that we're going to replay for you, actually. This is uh, Dr. Daniel from GFA World talking about the Christmas Critter Campaign uh, that we have uh, engaged going on down here. So uh, if you want to make a gift towards the Christmas Critter Campaign, you can do that now by going to our website at 1020kvnt.com and clicking on the GFA World Christmas Critter Campaign button. Be sure you stick around. More of the Tom Anderson Show on the way after this quick break. This is the Tom Anderson Show, broadcasting live from the KVNT studios, 7 to 9 a.m. Monday through Friday. Well, it's Tom Steigelman here in the studios with you at 1020 KVNT as I get ready to bring this show home. And as you know, we are uh, doing a Christmas Critter campaign once again with GFA World. And I have to tell you, lots of our listeners have been responding, and we are so excited about that. And, uh, you know, thank you so much. If you have not had a chance to give yet towards the Christmas Critter Campaign, we'll get you some details in just a little bit about how you can help make a significant impact this year. But uh, joining us today, we have Dr. Daniel Johnson from uh, GFA World. He is the Director of Medical Services, and he's going to be sharing with us a little bit about the Critter Campaign and uh, some things that he's seen, some stories that he knows about, and he's going to share those with us. But, you know, during this Christmas season, Dr. Johnson, this is just uh, such a fun time to give, isn't it? Christmas is one of my favorite times of the year. You know, this is the time when you actually give. This Christmas season, imagine in your mind that you are giving cow, which not just gives milk, but gives hope, not just for one person, but for an entire family. What if you actually give a sewing machine something which not just men's clothes, but lives and families as well, which patches up broken families? Or what if, what, what if you are able to buy and provide a pig to a person and the pig helps that family to actually build a house? This campaign, which is called the Critter Campaign, it's a campaign with a difference. You can go online and you can buy a pair of chickens for as low as $11 instead of chocolates. And you give it or donate it to that one family in Asia or Africa, and their lives are completely changed for the future. You can go online and instead of buying socks for yourself, you buy a sewing machine and you change the life of that family. So this critic campaign, we have, uh, you know, uh, chickens. You can buy chickens, you can buy lambs, you can buy goats, you can buy pigs or cows or water buffaloes or even blankets, uh, just uh, simple blankets, the change it makes in a person's life, a sewing machine or any of those things. This is what the Critter Campaign is all about. It's a campaign with a difference where we give to people during the time of Christmas something which will entirely, definitely, and, and change their lives for the future. 
You know, if you could make a gift towards the GFA World Christmas Critter Campaign right now, we would appreciate it. I need somebody who can go on to our website at 1020kvnt.com, click on the GFA World Christmas Critter Campaign button, and make a one-time gift of $65 and supply a pair of pigs. Or maybe you can do an $11 gift and supply a pair of chickens or a $460 gift and supply a water buffalo. Who wants to send a water buffalo from Alaska? Let's do it. Go to our website, 1020kvnt.com. Dot com and click on the GFA World Christmas Critter Campaign button or call this number. It's 855-513-2130. That's 855-513-2130. Or give online right now at 1020kvnt.com. Well, if you're just joining us, we are joined by Dr. Daniel Johnson. He is the Director of Medical Services for GFA World and the Critter Campaign. And Dr. Johnson, uh, you know, as we were talking a little bit off the air, it uh, just kind of struck me that, uh, you know, I hadn't realized, I guess I just didn't see the big picture, that sometimes when our listeners give these gifts of livestock that we're asking them to do, that it can actually help families not have to migrate around so much uh, into different regions, into different countries, trying to look for farming work. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Six months of the year, that is November to April, as an entire family and larger group of people from the same locality, they all travel to the neighboring state and work in the sugarcane fields which are there. That's the only thing they can do during that time. Back home, because there is no rain, no produce, they're not going to survive this. One day when they came back to their own village, one of our missionaries, you know, was reaching out to this group of people in that village, saw this particular young man, heard his struggle, prayed for him, and introduced the love of Jesus into his life. After that happened, they started coming to the church, kind of regular, irregular kind of thing. The reason is not because they didn't want to come to church, but he had to work every day or try and find some work because he is the only breadwinner in his family. It's during that time that one of these Krita campaign cows was given to him. Now, how does the cow actually change their life? That's the main storyline here. The cow, of course, gives milk. This cow gave four liters of milk for him, which is more than sufficient for his family, which meant that he actually started selling the milk, income started coming in. So what he did when November came around, he said, I have enough money now and the cow is here who's going to give me milk. I don't need to move to the next state for these next six months. His children were in school and they actually continued their studies. Now they have a baby calf. They actually are having hope for the future. What if you can buy a cow which not just gives milk, but gives hope? You know, maybe you can supply one cow today to the GFA World Christmas Critter Campaign. Go online to our website at 1020kvnt.com and click on the GFA World Christmas Critter Campaign button or call this number 855-513-2130. That's 855-513-2130. And make the best gift that you can today. If it's not a cow, maybe it's a pair of pigs for $65 
$100. Maybe you can do a pair of goats for $140 or a pair of chickens for $11. Give what you can and let's help the GFA World Christmas Critter Campaign right now. Here's the number to call once again. It's 855-513-2130. 855-513-2130. Or give online at 1020kvnt.com. Well, thanks again for joining us today as uh, we're enjoying this interview with Dr. Daniel Johnson. He's the director of medical services for GFA World and the Christmas Critter Campaign. And, you know, as you think of the Critter Campaign, of course, it's about livestock and giving uh, chickens for $11 or pigs for $65 or water buffalo or cows or uh, goats and a few other animals that uh, you can uh, provide. But it's also uh, there are needs for physical items to help people. You know, we... uh, had talked about bicycles a couple of days ago here on the station and, uh, you know, a few other items. Of course, you can give Bibles for $10. So when you uh, go to our website and click on that uh, Gospel for Asia Christmas Critter Campaign button, uh, you know, certainly include a couple of Bibles if you can. But some other interesting items that uh, certainly uh, can make a big difference in people's lives. And Dr. Daniel, uh, tell us uh, about uh, how or what the impact is that you've seen with sewing machines. If a sewing machine can actually not just mend clothes, but mend lives too. Now, this is a story about a young uh, mother who actually had two children. Unfortunately, her husband abandoned her. Now, she lives in a city, suburb of a large, large, large city in India. Has two children and also her parents to take care of. And the children are growing up. And the only way she could do that is basically to go to different people's houses and wash their clothes, clean their utensils, and somehow try to live each day. It is in that context that one of our Sisters of Compassion teams started to to befriend her and talk to her and pray for her. And slowly she started to come to know the Lord and she found spiritual strength to go on day to day to day in her life. And then a prayer meeting started in her house. And on one of these years, as part of the critter campaign, she got a sewing machine. Now, here is where entire life now completely changes. She started uh, sewing for not just her own family, but the entire community there. In fact, she said, my husband left me when I was pregnant and I gave birth to a child, but I had no other way to live. But now I am blessed because I got the sewing machine from these dear sisters and from the church. Now, what she does is every day she earns about 400 rupees in a day. That's enough for her to pay for her children's education, meet her needs and her parents' needs also. Well, Dr. Johnson, thanks so much for joining us today on the Tom Anderson Show right here on KVNT. And if you've been out there listening, uh, we need you to call this number. It's 855-513-2130. 855-513-2130. So you can make a gift towards the GFA World Christmas Critter Campaign. You can also give online by checking out our website at 1020kvnt.com. 1020kvnt.com. That'll do it for today today's episode of the Tom Anderson Show. Thanks for joining us. Be sure you stick around. Charlie Kirk is coming up next. Speak up.